From being a former Fortune 15 executive to being a franchise coach, Faizun Kamal shares her own experience escaping from 9 to 5 to generating wealth and living a life on her terms. My favorite thing that she said was, it wasn't until it hit me squarely between the eyes I finally stopped looking for happiness in the place that I had lost it. Stay tuned to this dynamic interview. Welcome to the Power of Investing in People podcast. And today, my guest is the beautiful inside and out Faizun Kamal. Thank you so much for being here and welcome to the show, Faizun. Hi, so great to be here, Shay. <laughs> um, so I got to just give a shout out to uh, James VP for introducing us. James VP, we love you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and so glad that he did that because, you know, we immediately just realized we were kindred spirits from the get-go. So thank so you true. for being here. So true. Thank you. Thank you for uh, inviting me to yes. be a part of your community. Delighted. Yes. Well, and I'm, I, I'm so excited to, to dive into your story. So for those of you who don't know, Faizun Kamal is an award-winning franchise coach, nationally renowned public speaker, and best-selling author. As the CEO of the Franchise Pros, Faizun coaches people nationwide on making the transition from employee to entrepreneur. Her best-selling book, The Right Franchise for You, Escape the 9 to 5, Generate Your Wealth, and Live Life on Your Terms, is a guide that thousands of clients have used to find their perfect fit franchise. Her unique style of inspirational coaching, coupled with swift doses of tough love, encourages clients to embrace chaos, fear, insecurity, and uncertainty as doorways of opportunity. She has helped countless individuals find their perfect fit franchise based on individual assessments of their personal lifestyle income goals. She guides clients to proactively move beyond career burnout to build a sustainable career that they love. As a former Fortune 15 executive with 20 plus years of experience in entrepreneurial, corporate, multinational, and nonprofit settings on three continents, Faizun tackles the topics of taking responsible risks to create career privets, the art of finding the perfect fit business, and strategically making the leap from executive to entrepreneur. Wow, wow, wow. What, a, what an amazing story you have. You make me sound far too sexy than I actually am. Oh, so not true. <laughs> I, I just, I just read, <laughs> and your your presence just boy exudes. So you're too kind, my friend. Thank you. I, Thank I, you. I just appreciate you being here. So we always start off with the first question of what does investing in people mean to you? Mm, boy, let me start off with what was. My pain point, Shay. Yeah. Really what, what began my journey into the world of entrepreneurship? You know, in the many years, two decades or so, uh, as, as when I was an employee with various organizations, and I can say this now in retrospect, I didn't necessarily figure all of this out then, but there was always this very visceral, gnawing sense I had inside me that the path that I was on 
in whatever organization, whatever job I happened to be at that moment, that that path was not my own. Mm. And I mean, my friend, think about it. We go to school, we then go to college. In college, we take all sorts of courses on all sorts of subjects. But has anyone ever taught us necessarily? Mm -hmm. You know, when you become an adult and step into the world, how do you find work that is truly yours? Mm. How do you find a path that is truly yours? How do you, and by the way, everybody doesn't have to be an entrepreneur. That isn't my intent in saying this. Mm-hmm. But even in a job as an employee, how do you find something, an organization, a company, a boss, a culture that allows you to take your full self to work every single day? Mm-hmm. To me, that is investing in people, truly investing in people. A company, an organization, a culture that says, Shea Sparks, we welcome you to be a part of our organization in all of your full glory. We are not going to pick pieces and parts of you and say, just bring these parts to work every morning, but all of you. Um, Why do I say this, Shay? I think for the hundreds and thousands of professionals who are in jobs right now, the reason why so many of these people are so desperately unhappy is that they cannot bring their full selves to work every day. It's only a part of themselves, right? Mm -hmm. The socially acceptable, the culturally acceptable. Um, you know, in my last iteration, and I happen to be with a company that I think is absolutely amazing. Um, but you know, big, large bureaucracies are big animals that are slow to move and slow to make change. And I was very much in an industry that to this day remains white male dominated. Mm, mm -hmm. And so to be able to go into an organization, a culture that is that, Uh, to be an Asian-American woman, a woman who has a funny-sounding name and has a funny accent, it makes you stick out a little bit, right? Can you take your full self to work, all of you to work? Or do you have to leave certain pieces behind at home every day? For me, that was a huge pain point. Um, In the work that I now do, Shay, with every client I work with, this is one of the key pieces we look at where I say, okay, Shay, so you're my client. As we look at a business opportunity for you, a franchise opportunity for you, let's find out in all of your entirety who you are. What are your superpowers? What are your blind spots? What are those things that make you feel like you are in flow? Mm-hmm. Like nobody can do this better than you can. Let's, let's find all of these different things about you. And once I do, I will then parlay all of those skill sets that you have, Shay, into a business that wants their franchisees to have exactly those skill sets. And my friend, you know, time and time again, and this is one of the beautiful things of the work I do, when a client finally finds their perfect fit, the light bulbs go off, the fireworks begin, the, they, they are in a space of empowered being, space, yeah. Yeah. In a space of wholeness, because for the first time, they are truly in their zone of genius. Uh, it, it's, an, it's an amazing thing that happens, my friend. And it's, it's amazing to witness when it happens in front of my eyes. Uh, but for me, yes, I would say in a very long, drawn out kind of way, that is what, what I think of when I think of investing in people. That was a long answer. 
Yeah. No, it was awesome. Awesome answer. And I love that you just literally just deep dived and, and, you know, talked about your own pain point, which is, I, I really feel like kind of the basis of the podcast is you've gone, we've all gone through something that was a pain point or an obstacle as I call it. And then we kind of fight our way out, figure our way out how, you know, whichever you want to describe it as. And you go from there and that's really when you go, wait, if I can do this, how many other people are struggling in the same type of area? And you're absolutely right. You know, absolutely right about how many people are going to work, quote unquote, job, and they're not passionate about it. They're not excited about it. They're like dreading the fact that they can't be them whole, their whole selves and they're sitting in the parking lot before they even go in. And I've had this conversation with, with males and females that they're like, I am vomiting before I go in. I'm having an anxiety attack on the way to work. And it's I, so, yeah. Body. I mean, what else do you want your body and your life to tell you, right? Yeah. It's screaming. This is not the place for you. This is not where you want to be. It's, I mean, that's, wow, that, that is just, that is powerful and that is painful. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So thank you for doing the work that you've done and that you continue to do to really help bring out the best in people to help find them on the path that fits for them. So my friend, it's for me. And I think you know this about me by now. Every day I live my calling. Yeah. I, there's nothing, 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 nothing in the world that I want to do other than what I do right now. Yeah. Um, I get to speak with complete strangers with unbelievable stories. And the commonality is they come and they say, I mean, yes, of course, everybody comes. And when they come to me, they first say, Faison, can you help me find the right franchise business? But my friend, that is not really what they're asking me. In every conversation that I will have with that person, it's think of it as an onion and I'm just peeling mm. layers as we go along, Absolutely. right? So yeah. And as the conversation moves forward, Shay, what every client is actually asking me is, of course, can you help me find a business? But more importantly, you know, I have done ABC for the last 27 years. I have spent my life energy and my time, and I have helped build someone else's dream. Yes. There was nothing wrong in that. I did that because, you know, it made me good money. It helped me mm -hmm. pay the bills. It helped me send my kids to college. Fill in the blanks. Right. I'm not knocking that, but I am at a point in my life when I am, I am ready to do my own thing. I want to be able to create a career for myself that I love because when I'm able to do that, in turn, that'll help me create a life that I actually love. Think of how transformative that is. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. And this is so it's, it's, you know, I, I say this with every client, I get very intimate for lack mm. of a better way of saying it. Yeah. But you're not just coming to me asking to help you find the right business. We start to talk about things that are deep and important. And I think, frankly, at the end of the day, Shay, very universal very human, right? Yes, yes. You know, you, you, when you introduced me, you mentioned the title of my book, the subtitle of my book, which is Escape the 9 to 5, Generate Wealth, and Live Life on Your Terms. Those three things, my friend, 
are things that every client has said to me mm. in some form or another mm-hmm. that they want this franchise business to give them. So that subtitle doesn't come from me. It comes from every client that I've ever worked with up to date. That's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. And, you know, the thing about, well, of course, I know about you <laughs> and because we, we were friends. But the thing that, you know, the audience really needs to get is the passion that you have to really help others, not just help them find a business, but it's really that experience that we get as coaches is to peel away the layers of the onion and really help that person find their true calling. And I love that you use the word calling. So one of the things that I like to talk about and and help people is find their purpose. Calling, you know, it goes along the same lines. So in regards to that, um, how important do you think it is to find your calling and what would be the first step in and fi- finding that. Wow. Whew, you are really throwing some big heavy words <laughs> at me today, aren't you? All right. All right. I'm up for the challenge. <laughs> um, I would say Shay really. And again, I, I dig back into my own, my own journey. I think the very first step is in being brave enough to recognize that you are in a situation that, isn't where you need to be. So, you know, when I left corporate, it wasn't until it hit me squarely between the eyes. And I I write about this in my book. And I think I say something like, I finally stopped looking for happiness in the place where I had lost it. Yeah. So think about this crazy making thing that we all have done at some point in our lives. Mm -hmm. Something makes you terribly unhappy and you continue doing it. But then you wonder why you're so unhappy. And then you continue doing it. And then you wonder, why are you still so unhappy? And so it wasn't until I made the decision, I was never going to go back into the corporate world. I was never going to be an employee ever again. Until that really cemented in my head and my heart and my soul, Shay, I was not going any damn where. (laughs) So I think for people who are looking for that, that is the first step. If you're in a bad job, you need to understand you're in a bad job. Right. And you need to start making plans for how you're going to leave. If you are in a bad, you know, fill in the blank relationship, job, work, situation, what have you. Yeah. You have to be able to one, recognize that and then be brave enough to say, okay, I am ready to move forward and leave this behind me. I think that's the first step. Mm, I I completely agree with you. And, you know, that takes a lot of you you talk about um, being brave. So you're right. It takes a lot of bravery. It also takes a lot of intuition, I think, and really being able to like understand what your body is telling you if it's vomiting every day or panic attacks, you know, or if you're just feeling like you said about the, where you lost your happiness, if you are feeling depressed and sad, when that's not your norm, ask yourself what, what is going on, right? What is going on? And, you know, uh, uh, I'm going to share my own um, story a little bit. So I was raised to learn or I was raised to find a a career that made you lots of money growing up. Like that was what was right. Right. That was what was important in my parents' lives. And so I didn't ever think about what it is that I liked 
or enjoy doing or was on fire about or passionate about, I was looking at, so computer programmers make X amount of money. And mm-hmm. at the time in, you know, 20, some, 20 something years ago, <laughs> um, they were, technology was in Japan. So I was like, well, maybe I'll move to Japan after I get my degree. And I couldn't even make it through a second semester of school of college with it. It was like, I am miserable. And it's funny because I say that I realized I couldn't sit behind a computer all day. And instead I sit behind a computer all night, but (laughs) that's another story, (laughs) but that's for fun, right? It's not for, uh, you know, it's not programming day in and day out coding, but then I had to shift and really take some tests and really dive into who I am. And I was 19 at the time. And I think so many people don't get it that early. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, they spend 20 years in a career that they're unhappy with. So, so true. So I'm just curious to know, you, you said you did too. So just kind of ex- go uh, further on that. As a kid, where you grew up to to learn, to look at, to figure out what your purpose is, what your calling is, or were you focused, was your parents more focused on go to school to make more money, to make money, to have money as the focus? You know, it's interesting. My, um, my parents are traditional in many ways, but they are also war and are light years ahead of their time. Mm. My father in particular, and he really, to this day, he remains my, my sounding board, the person mm-hmm. I go to with a big, tough, intractable problem that I haven't yet figured out. Uh, life wisdom, life guidance in general, particularly since I had my own daughter, you know, just really everything. But, you know, with my dad, and he will share this with you. He's shared it with me so many times. And I think this is really what stayed in my mind and heart, Shay. My father, by training, uh, is an engineer. Mm. And um, he, you know, he went through the motions. He was top of his class. He did what he needed to do. So we are talking, you know, back in the, I don't know, 50s, 60s, right? That time frame. Mm -hmm. And um, he did all of that. But he will say to you, my first and true love was writing poetry. I loved, loved, you know, I loved writing. I loved literature. But this is what I felt I needed to do. This is what my mother said she wanted her son to be when he grew up. Mm-hmm. And so I, I did it. I became an engineer. And, you know, that never left me. Because I do remember, you know, the times my father has talked about this, there's this faraway look in his eyes. Mm. And I'm sure he wonders, had I taken the path less traveled, right? what would my life have looked like, right? And so for me... I think, and certainly my mother, she was more of the traditionalist where she said, hey, go to school, don't, you know, screw around, get good grades, get into college, find a good company, mm-hmm. uh, keep your head down, work, you know, make money. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, very much the, the paradigm that you and I have grown up with that said job equals income security. Right, right. right. Which, quite frankly, I think that myth is shattered and gone. I, I when totally you agree. Right. And yeah. now, midst of COVID, right. in what, three, four months, 40 million people have lost their jobs. So right. really, that no longer holds true. 
Right. So I would say, I mean, it was a, it was a combination. So, you know, I had these two parents with these two very different thoughts and ideas, one who felt a certain way, but had taken a very different path. And then another who said, Hey, in order for you to be successful in life, this is the formula you need to follow. Well, of course, as the years went on, my friend, what I found was life always bursts any formulas you have. Um, I did many of the right things and I was still deeply unhappy. Mm. Um, as an immigrant, you know, working for an American iconic brand uh, in a senior management position where I was at the time, I believe, maybe one of two or three um, female Asian vice presidents in a company that employed at the time 50,000. Wow. Um, I'm probably getting my numbers wrong. It's probably larger. But my point being, I did all of those things. Yeah. And by any standards, if you looked at me from the outside, you would say, Faizun, you've achieved the American dream. Mm. And sure. But I never thought that. Yeah. Because my soul died a little bit every single day. Yeah. Um, so, you know, my friend, at some point, the money becomes immaterial when mm -hmm. you become miserable. I think Agreed. these are these are guideposts, right? These yeah. are, I think, the proverbial breadcrumbs mm -hmm. that life throws, puts on your path, and keeps nudging you. Wake up, Faizun, wake up. You're unhappy. You know, you Sunday afternoon, you get the blues because you have to go into work the next morning. Mm -hmm. um, you all you feel like you do is, you know, ship papers from one side to the other. Is this what you want the next 5, 10, 15 years of your life to look like? Right? So these are, I think these are all guides. They're all signs. Uh, but ultimately, it's up to us to be, to, to whether we want to respond to them or we want to continue down the same path. I, I completely agree. And you, you know, it's the American dream is, is such a, a lie. <laughs> and, you know, I think most of us have been, told that lie our childhood. And so I think you hit the nail on the head with, with the coronavirus and, you know, lots of people were deemed um, non-essential. And I know that a lot of people were facing, you know, depression and those types of things. And I was deemed non-essential and was probably depressed maybe the first week only because of what in the world is really going on here. Um, and then I really just started to, to be alive and really tap into what is most important to me. <clears throat> and I think that is really something that, you know, it, when you're listening to this, that you can start to ask yourself, what's really important to you? Absolutely. I had one of my friends, for an example, he was in an engineering firm and he was that person every Sunday night having the anxiety attack you know, to the point of sometimes vomiting, not looking forward to going to work on Monday. And he then, you know, COVID hit and they said, work from home. He became alive. He still, you know, it was just taking the same job that he did day in and day out, driving 45 minutes plus in traffic and sitting at a desk surrounded by all these people that he didn't really like to he's a, a very much an introvert. So it was very hard for him to be in that environment. And, you know, his company, like you said, it's, you know, thousands and thousands of people. 
So for him, it was just unnerving. But to then when they said, would you be willing to stay at home from now on? He, he lit up his whole, everything changed. Yeah, exactly. And what does that say? Right. Yeah. These are, these are signs. Shay. And my friend, you know, one of the things I, I think that is truly astonishing for clients is I say this half jokingly, but really I say this seriously. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you've done in your career, what skill sets you have. There is a franchise business out there for someone like you. Mm. I mean, almost the second or the third question I get from every client is somebody saying to me, well, you know, I was a VP of ABC at ABC company and I did that for 20 some years. I mean, what, what is out there for me? Mm. With somebody with uh, for somebody with my skill sets with what I have done, there's this sense, and I think you know it kind of goes back to that whole feeling depressed, mm-hmm. feeling like you don't have options. Many people, because they have been in in the corporate scenario for so many years, really have a sense of feeling very beaten down. Yeah, uh, where they have truly internalized the belief there isn't anything out there for me. I am crazy to even think about leaving my job because look in my, in, in the, in my most private moments, when I sit down with myself, I know this is the best that I will ever get. So if I leave this job, I will get nowhere near what I'm making right now. So why don't I stay with the known devil versus leaving and going out there and dealing with the unknown devil? Right. There's very much that mentality that's at play and my friend, again, it's, it's one of those things where if, you, if you're starting to feel that way, where there's a sense of resignation, well, what am I going to do? I mean, I just have to, you know, suck it up and deal with it. Mm. I have bills to pay. I have a mortgage note. I have car notes. Uh, my kids are still in college, right? Fill in the blanks. All of those responsibilities we all have. But the reality of it is, yes. You will still have bills to pay, but is it worth your life to be able to give yourself an opportunity to explore what other options may be out there that, to use your words, like your friend, to bring you back to life once again? Yeah, Uh, I totally agree. And really, it all stems from fear, the fear of uncertainty and the unknown. And yet, Again, the American dream is work hard. You have, you know, retire 30 years with a pension. That's not the case ever, ever anymore, ever. So you really have to start shifting your mindset and thinking about things that scare you and, you know, figuring out what is best for you. So I love that you, you talk about fear and chaos and in insecurities and and uncertainty because we're living it day in and day out now. I mean, you know, on Monday of this week, actually, I spoke with, um, I spoke with a woman who's now a client and she came to me and her story was, it had only been maybe a week or a little more than a week ago that she had gotten laid off from her job where she had spent the last 14 years of her life. This is what really stuck in my mind. She said, you know, Faizun, Over the last 14 years, I have saved up every single vacation day I ever got. I never took a single day for myself. I said, really, why is that? She said, well, I use my vacation days 
to for 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 caregiving. I have elderly parents. I have used those hours to take them to the hospital. In the, at the back of my mind, I said, "Huh, you know, if one if one or both of my parents, when they pass away, three days of bereavement leave is not going to be enough for me to wrap up what I need to do with their estate." My God, this is what people are thinking, Shay. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, and you know, the hairs on my arms are rising again. When she said that to me, I just sat on the phone and I, I was speechless. And mm. she said, June, 14 years, I did not take a single vacation day because I didn't know when I would need to use them for my parents. Wow. She said, now I feel oddly empowered. Mm. I am done with that. I am ready to do my own thing. I have spent, you know, over a decade doing what I needed to do. But now I'm done. I'm ready to start my own business. And oh, by the way, I am now currently planning a vacation <laughs> to take my parents to Greece, which is their homeland. Wow. They immigrated to the U.S. 47 years ago. So I want to take them on a trip there. Man, I tell you, uh, my eyes welled up. I was just saying, you're making me tear up. That's a beautiful story. Wow. But these are the kinds of conversations, Shay, that I have with people every single week. Yeah. So the pain, right? The pain yeah. that you're living with. And the pain takes different forms. Maybe it's elderly parents. Maybe it's younger kids. Maybe it's a spouse who's not well or who's not working. Maybe it's something that you have. I don't know. But the point is, you know, the corporate world has not kept pace with real life. Right. We are right. real human beings with multi-layered complex lives. Mm-hmm. You know, the very cut and dry, the very black and white way in which things are done in the corporate world, for most people, it doesn't work anymore. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I've been a, wow, you just said something so to my heart. So I've been a entrepreneur for 12 years and <laughs> I had to take care of my parents um, while they were going through their cancer processes and stuff like that. And I had to travel, you know, every other weekend. And I remember thinking at that point, this was just like five years ago, I remember thinking would never had been able to do this had I been at a, at a, a, a job. Exactly. Had I been an employee somewhere, this would not have been allowed. And, you know, to just think about that type of, timing. And, you know, you talked about calming, calling. I think it's also timing of, wow, we actually, you know, it it is the right time. There is no such thing as you're too old or it's too late. It's the time is whenever it becomes the time. And it, and I'm so, that's a beautiful thing because now this woman gets to spend the rest of their lives doing what's best for them with them rather than worrying about running off to her nine to five every day. And so, that's so dehumanizing. Think about yes, it. Yes. Right? That's yes. Yes. You, you, you will not allow yourself the simple luxury of a couple of days off. Right. Because what if your parent dies? Right. Your employer will not let you take more than three days. Like what are you talking about? Right. So, well, yeah. Well, I was going to say, and, uh, you know, I had parents in the hospital, you know, I was there every moment that I wasn't at work. So then I was able to like move people so I could be there when I needed to be there. And I'm thinking to myself, like her, like she would probably have gotten, well, you don't get, you don't get paid. And guess what? 
I'm just saying this for people to really think about that. Well, if you don't get paid, are you okay if you don't get paid? I've never been paid for my time off. I've never been paid for my vacation. Never. And even as a self-employed person, I am, I have savings that I am able to take that off. But to think about that as an employee, if you're, if you don't get paid, then how much does that hurt you? And how much does that, the company hurt you for that? My brother, um, so he was, so my, unfortunately my brother, one of my brothers just passed away recently and my other brother was, um, able to come here and be here for 10 days. And then, uh, unfortunately with the COVID, he had to quarantine for two weeks when he got back. And he said, um, he only got vacation days for, got paid for five days. Mm-hmm. And I said, so what happens about not getting paid for the other five days? And he had savings. So he's like, well, I'm not worried about it financially, but sometimes the company will reprimand, ding you, write you up, whatever, give you a warning, something, because you've taken too many unpaid days off. It's like, how does that, how does that even make sense? Yeah. Yeah. You know, something I talk about, Shay, um, I think each of us, again, this is not an indictment on employees, right? Right, Whether right, right. Or an entrepreneur. However you do so, you must always have full agency over your life. Yes. We, it is, it has become, we have become far too used to handing our personal power over to someone else or something else. Yes. Uh, Whether that something else is your employer, your boss, your fill in the blank. And I think troubles begin the moment you do that. Now, by no means is it easy when you live a life where you truly have agency over your own life, it's not easy. In fact, it makes it, it, makes it more difficult in some instances. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. At the end of the day, I think, you know, it's, it's what I said to you earlier. At some point, the misery is more than the money you make. Right. At some right. point, all the years that you have spent doing something that you didn't care for, you look back at it and your heart is heavier than a stone with the regret that that is time you will never get back. Totally agree. At some point, you know, when you look forward and you cannot look forward with joy and Mm -hmm. happiness and presence, you know that you're not on the right path. And so to slowly start to to do that, to be able to say, okay, I'm not going to make this humongous, huge change overnight. No one does. But are there certain things I can start to do now? I mean, look, over the last three months, Shay, I was busy. I was busy pre-COVID. My pipeline blew up when the pandemic began. Wow. I didn't understand why first, mm-hmm. but very quickly I didn't. I think here's what happened. And I share this because it may be important to a lot of your listeners right now. Right. I think many people... And many for the first time ever in their lives, they find themselves in this weird situation. They're not having to, you know, get up every morning with an alarm clock, put on their clothes, drive into work, drive back to work. All of that is gone. Now you have the day stretching in front of you. You are in your home surrounded by hopefully people you love the most. Right. And you're like, whoa, whoa. I actually have time on my hands. You might be in, in Zoom calls with your colleagues, right? If, if, you, if, you're, if you still had a job. 
But because you are not physically going into an office, you are not in an office behind a desk, there are people who are saying, you know, I've been sitting in this chair for the past three hours since the morning began. I'm going to go take the dog for a walk. Yeah. I'm going to go take a long walk. Other people have started gardening. Mm -hmm. Many people began different kinds of home uh, renovation projects, right? Whatever. Many people for the first time actually said, holy bleep. Yeah. I can't believe how much time I'm spending with my family. I can't remember the last time this happened. Right. 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 And very importantly, these same people, having experienced these things now over the last couple of months, they're sitting there and they're saying, hmm, am I ready to go back to how things were pre-pandemic? Am I ready to go back into my job? Right. Am I ready to go back and work with my boss and all of these other people? Am I ready to continue doing this work that I have been doing for all these years indefinitely? Right. Answers that they're getting back, Shay, they're not happy with it. Right. So all these people that I'm now working with who came to me once the pandemic began, in some shape or another, that was the story. That was their story. So I think, my friend, you know, it's, it's, I've always said this, the bigger the disruption, the bigger the opportunity. And I think in an, in, from an individual stance, it's equally as true. The, what's the saying? Some of the, some of the kindest, some of, some of the kindest people, some of the most experienced, uh, successful people are the ones who have the biggest wounds, right? I am completely yeah. messed up, but it goes, it, it's something like that, which says yeah. when you go through something deep and difficult and it forces you to stretch and grow in completely uncomfortable ways that you had never thought you would, if you stick with the process, hopefully you will get through to the other end and you will be a much better, bigger, badder, bolder version of yourself than you were when you first started. So I think it's equally true, right? So whatever, however painful the journey. um, But again, it, it begins with what we said a couple minutes ago, being brave enough to say, this isn't working for me anymore. So, so true. So true. And, you know, it kind of brings me to a question that I I would love for all listeners to really think about this, especially now. But I'm going to ask you, um, Faison, because I think it's something that we don't think enough about, especially coming from a space of what does my future look like? And that question is, what is it that you want your legacy to be? What do you want to be remembered for? Wow. Hmm. You know, my friend, it's interesting. Probably not the answer you're looking for. I am so happy with the work that I do every single day. I can't tell you that I've really thought about a legacy necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, because my present, my everyday is so fulfilling to me. I suppose if I were to think about a legacy, it's when I am gone I would like the people whose lives I've touched to say she was kind. You know, she, she really saw me yeah. for who I am. You know, something my father, you're making me tear up. Something mm. my father's always said uh, to my sister and I growing up, he would say, you know, in a world where you can be anyone and anything, there's one thing you absolutely have to be. You have to be kind. Mm. And I think 
now more than ever, it is, it is so important. So yeah. yeah, as far as the legacy, I would like people, you know, to truly feel that I saw them for who they were and that our interactions, our time together <clears throat> on our paths was meaningful to them in some way. Mm, beautiful. And yes, that's absolutely the correct answer that I wanted to hear. Um, because I, I, I think that that's where we're missing is how are you showing up listening to other people? How are you showing up really caring, genuinely caring, genuinely being kind to other people? And, you know, you hit the nail on the head and, and you are that person, by the way, and you are kind and you do see people for who they are. And, you know, I said in the beginning, you're beautiful inside and out and it just shines through you. So, um, I just, you know, I'm so excited that you've shared your time. I know you're busy, your time with us today and, um, tell us how people can connect with you. Absolutely. Uh, the best way to connect with me, Shay, I would say, um, I live on LinkedIn for those of you who are on LinkedIn, I don't know this for a fact, uh, but people have said to me that apparently I am the only Faizun Kamal on LinkedIn. So I'm not that super difficult to find. Faizun at the franchise consulting company.com. It's a bit of a mouthful. Uh, that's my email. I think, you know, just type in my name, Google my name and my contact information is going to come up. I'm also one of those people, unfortunately, and my husband's been on my case about this. I do not have a website. I've never needed a website. Uh, and I, you know, things are so busy. It's not something that I've paid attention to. So I don't have some nifty website that I can direct people to. Uh, but I, I think I'm pretty, I'm, I'm fairly easy to find. So always happy to connect with people. Absolutely. And, and, um, you know, if you want to reach out to me, I can definitely connect you on LinkedIn or, you know, to her Absolutely. on LinkedIn or, Absolutely. or, um, yeah, anything else. And how can people get your book? I was just going to say, for those of your listeners, I would like to be able to send everyone who reaches out to me a complimentary copy. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Absolutely. Uh, wow. What a gift. What a gift. And it is an amazing book. I've read it. I've, I keep going back to it going, what did she say? And then, so <laughs> it is, it is a, a, a great, a great advice, great story, great everything. So thank you. And thank you. So definitely connect with her on LinkedIn. And I always like to leave with this last question. Um, so what phrase, scripture, or mantra are you living by right now? Mm, gosh, I'll tell you the one that is probably in my head every day or every other day. Um, and now, more than ever in the pandemic that we are living through, it is so applicable. And it goes something like this. When the winds of change blow, are you going to build walls? Or are you going to build a windmill? Mm, beautiful. Beautiful. Because you can do either. You can absolutely do either. Mm -hmm. But the results are going to be drastically different. <laughs> yes, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, Faizun, I'm, I'm honored. I'm just so thankful that you were here with me today. And... Thank you so much. This was awesome. Awesome. What a great way to start off the day. Oh, good. And um, you can, like you said, you can connect with her on LinkedIn and um, we'll have that in the show notes and where you can contact her to get her a free copy. What a generous gift. So thank you for being here. Fantastic. Thank you, my friend. Take good care. 
don't turn this off just yet. Does the thought of collaborating and connecting with a diverse group of creative thought leaders appeal to you? Do you have a compelling story and don't know where to start? Have you ever thought about writing a book and thought about writing the whole book is overwhelming? Well, we are looking for you. We want to connect and collaborate with other podcasters, coaches, and entrepreneurs who want to gain exposure. We are looking for other people who want to co-author a book with us. You can find out more details at firestartersbookproject.com.